Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. May I add your attention, please? Now, taking the airwaves on 97.3 The Fan, San Diego's own, Gwen and Chris. Featuring Tony Gwynn Jr. Give me some and meat. And Chris Ello. Well, then I'm no genius. I shouldn't be called a genius for helping you put on 35 pounds. Gwen and Chris starts now on 97.3 The Fan. I had to give the folks here at Intercom the Matumbo. <laughs> no, no, no. So everybody knows how much I like candy. And it's, you know, it's Halloween time. So it's perfect time to come in here and with a prank to try to get TGJ. And they did. They tried hard. Tiana Turner, uh, Adam Klug, uh, one's my boss. The other uh, works in promotions. And usually when you guys win something here uh, on Gwen and Chris, you come in. You usually yeah. see Tiana at the front desk. They, she, they, Adam came in. I don't know who devised the plan, but Adam came in here. It's like, Tony. Hey, man, they just dropped off a huge coffin. He didn't even say coffee. They just dropped off a huge thing of candy. And, of course, I, I was like, do they have any of the fruit variety? Because, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> not, in, I'm not in uh, – and I'm, I'm not a big chocolate guy. I'm going to be honest. I, it's not my favorite. Really? I, I, I told you. I like the, the, the Jolly Ranchers, the Gushers. I like that kind of stuff, right? So Starburst, Skittles, I, I can get down with all, all fruit candy, right? So, of course, I hop up out of my chair thinking, cool, I, I'm – Kind of hungry you right were, now. Kind yeah, of hungry. You were out the door. I'm trying to get some candy. So I turn to my right. There's a huge coffin. And I'm like, oh, sweet. They're going to have a whole <laughs> bunch of different candy. And as I approach the coffin, there's a sign on, uh, on the coffin. And it's a kind of a, a janky sign, <laughs> handwritten sign. So that was kind of like my first antenna went up. And then I thought to myself, as I got ready to open this coffin, I'm thinking to myself, you know, why not try and... Why not have this coffin open already? You already told me the <laughs> yeah. candy's here. Why are you making me work for this candy? And it just dawned on me. It's like, you know what? Something is not right. And then I turn back to look at Adam and Tiana. <laughs> Tiana has her phone out. And I'm like, you guys are filming me getting candy, huh? And then it, it all comes pouring down. Wait a minute. There's somebody in this coffin. Sure enough. So I'm not opening. So I walk back. And and uh, Nick pops out of, of the, the the coffin. They were trying to get me, put me on Instagram. That's hilarious. It did not work, however, and I have video of it not working. I will post it later on. In the future, you guys should try to get me to do it because I would have easily opened that coffin, and I would have been scared. I would have given you the the video that you wanted. But they've <laughs> yeah. got a few people on it. They've it's gotten a, three people on. It's it. a big coffin. It's huge. That's why I was so excited. I was like, you can fit all kinds of candy in here. It's a really weird thing to have just lying in the middle of our Again, lobby. Again, that's what the first Aunt Taylor's like, wait a minute. Now, you have a closed coffin in the middle of the lobby. You don't even have it open to let everybody know there's candy in there. And Nick has been sitting in there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could not get me. I told you guys we talked a little bit about the trade deadline. There were a slew of names that came pouring on my phone via... 
different apps that I have, Bleacher Report, ESPN, of big-time names that were talked about being uh, moved, none of it really happened. None of it. None of it happened. What a boring day for the trade deadline. It, it really was. Everybody still pat. I mean, we hadn't talking about names like Chris Harris, the cornerback for, for Denver. Uh, we were talking about uh, Trent Williams being traded, possibly. Le'Veon Bell's name came up twice. Which, that is crazy to me. He just signed his contract with the Jets, and they're already ready to get rid of him? That Well, listen, they're pretty bad. They are bad, but why would you get rid of your franchise player? He's your best player. Well, ultimately, they did not decide to do that. Chris Davis stays put. Trent Williamson stays stays put. Uh, excuse me, not Williams. Will, not Williams' son. Williams stay. Trent Williams stays put. So now explain that to me because he's a Redskins tackle who hasn't played this year, but he was looking to be traded, and now all of a sudden he's going to report. That that is very true. Uh, he's going to report, but from all accounts, has no intention. Of actually playing. Uh, you know, remember last year when Le'Veon set out and there was question, oh, he's definitely going to report by this time because after that he can't collect his money anymore. Yeah. It can't oh, become okay. a free agent. I think it has a lot to do with that. So uh, it, it does not seem that that drama is over. Jamal Adams, who at one point was so uh, discouraged about what was going on in Jets, I believe he removed them from his Twitter account and everybody lost their mind. Yeah, he, he, he did, and he's also, before the year, I believe he had issues with the team as well. He's got a lot of issues with his team, but he did not want to be traded, which is surprising to me. No. Well, uh, it sounds like the Ravens were actively at him. Eventually, that did not happen. Now, the one guy who was traded today, which I feel so bad for him, and this is another reason why uh, athletes make the decisions they do in terms of you know the whole loyalty game. Uh, Akita Lee has been one of their better corners when he's been on the field and healthy. They just had a straight-up salary dump with him. And not only do they trade him, they trade him to the Miami Dolphins. Oh, You go from having a chance literally to go to the Super Bowl again to enjoying a first pick in the draft, and most we, likely. And we saw the Miami Dolphins on, uh, on, or on um, Monday Night Football last night, and... And oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you have to keep talking. Now I know what it's like. Oh now I know what it's like when you're doing hand signals and everything. Wow. The difference was my no. hands weren't to you; they were to yeah, Thomas. Yeah, I know. Anyway, uh, they were on Monday Night Football last night, and they started out strong. They started out like they wanted to win the game. They started out like they were trying to get <laughs> like in that they win call. To, they don't want to win the game. The players. I don't know sometimes. Yeah, that that's team. true. They look and then the Steelers scored, I believe, 27 unanswered points after they went out to a 14. Well, he'll at least be a help there, right? <laughs> if he gets on the field, he's injured. I just it's that's a that's a bad bad deal. That's a bad deal. But nevertheless, uh the NFL trade deadline turned out to be a whole lot of nothing, unfortunately. A whole lot of nothing. Um it, it would have been sweet though to see some of these guys move to teams where they can actually be a factor, right? Yeah. A guy like Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell, it's kind of feel like they Trent Williams is another one. It's kind of feel like they're just wasting away in in bad organizations. And listen, I, I well, that's do. That's Le'Veon's fault because he chose the Jets. He did, and, and I don't. And in in, in in all fairness, I haven't heard him complain about wanting to be right. shipped off anywhere. So I don't know if that necessarily is his thought on it. And maybe he didn't want to go anywhere. But um, I like seeing really good players on teams that actually are trying to win. Now I do after after, and I've had this. I've said this a couple times watching the Dolphins. Like they're a bad bad team, but 
I feel like they're at least trying to set themselves up for the future. I know what we're looking. The product on the field is 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 not very it's good. Not good. Uh, but they got a bunch of picks coming up in the next two three years. If they do their due diligence and draft the right guys, they'll have a chance to be really good. I think. I mean, I, I think so too. And I like Brian Flores as well. I do too. I know everybody was on his head about the the zero blitz there at, at the end of the end. Oh of the half. my gosh, Booger McFarland was calling he was, for his job almost. But here's the thing, though, and I and I kind of saw this during that game. He was. The uh, the quarterback, what was quarterback for Pittsburgh? Uh, uh, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph was so bad he in was the beginning. Really bad. You probably he probably just was trying to take an, another chance at getting another form. Rudolph was literally throwing the ball to his team. It seemed like on purpose <laughs> yeah, at times. Even the passes that he he threw for incomplete or completions looked like they were going to get picked off. I kept thinking when I was looking at when they showed shots of. Um, why am I forgetting the Steelers coach's name right now? Uh, Mike Tomlin. Mike, Mike Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah. That he that the Redskins really want him, and Daniel Snyder, the uh, owner of the Redskins, is going to make a big push for him. I don't understand why Mike Tomlin would ever want to go to the Redskins. I, I don't understand why he would ever want to go to the Redskins. The Redskins is where go- coaches go to die. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to. Listen, I think ownership, unless, unless Snyder is willing to give all range to him, one of those type deals, I, I, why would you leave an organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers? They're one of the best. Easily. And, and you know they know what they're doing. They've proven yeah. to you that. And they've stuck with you when some people were calling for your job. So that remains to be seen. All right, before we step step away, uh, coming up in the next 30 minutes, listen for your name to be called and call us back at 833-288-0973 to win a four-pack of tickets to SeaWorld's Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, you'll also be entered into our Grand Prize drawing, a Las Vegas getaway that includes show tickets to Absinthe at Caesars Palace, Opium at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, and the brand new Atomic Saloon show. Make sure you sign up at 973thefansd.com slash biggest fan to win. All right, uh, we're going to step away, take a break. When we come back, um, the Lakers, my squad. Back in action tonight, <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies, 7-35 start. Um, we're going to have Chris McGee on. Talk a little bit about this terrific start and the emergence of uh, the D- Dwight Howard coming off the bench playing well, giving the Lakers some quality minutes. We'll address, address all of that. Lakers off to a 2-1 start. Took down... The Utah Jazz and the the Hornets on Sunday uh, look nice. Bounce back wins after uh, taking that opening day loss to a Clipper team that seems a little bit, uh, at least one step ahead of them as of right now. But no better person to to join us than Chris McGee, Spectrum Sportsnet LA. Geeter, how are you, brother? Tony, you love when Chris is on vacation, right? You get to talk the whole time. <laughs> I get to run the ship for once in a, for yeah, once in a blue but, moon. So. Uh, yeah, it's nice, but this we know what's real nice is, is this Lakers squad. They've they've played uh, two nice games, two nice bounce back games. Uh, talk a little bit about what you've seen through the first three games. You know, I think uh, obviously there was some reaction after the Clipper game. I, it's funny. I I thought the effort was there. I thought the Clippers uh, just outplayed them and hit bigger shots. Yeah. And the bench played great. And the one thing that kind of you know glared out to me was that you know the Clippers Clippers defensively, the Lakers really didn't know how teams would play them. And they switched everything, and they're a little bit long and athletic. And 
and uh, Lakers just didn't kind of maybe have the multiple ball handlers that they need, but that's all kind of straightened itself out a little bit. And, and not every team is going to defend you like the Clippers. I think the Clippers are, are one of the best teams in the league, as we've already seen. But, you know, I think the Lakers have made good adjustments. They're, they're going to Anthony Davis at the five at the end of the half. And then for, you know, they started that way against the Utah Jazz in the second half. And it opens things up. I think AD's getting more and more comfortable. We saw last game when he hits threes, man, it just, it just opens everything up for him. So I, I definitely have seen a difference with this team. I think defensively they're good. I think their bench is underrated. I, I don't really measure the bench, Tony, with like how many points they score. Cause that's just not, it's just not how this team's run, but the Clippers is different, right? Like their bench puts up 64 a game, but they also play starters minutes. So, you know, this bench just needs to do what they did on Sunday night. You know, Dwight being active and, and, and making plays and Caruso coming in and taking a charge and, you know, Quinn Cook getting eight points, KCP getting 10, like little things like that for me go a long way. So this team is, is off and running. I, I called it, I think, before, you know, hey, they're going to be three and one when they go on that road trip, and, and I believe that's going to happen. Good. Geeter, um, you talked a little bit about the limited amount of ball handlers they have. Uh, what's the status with, with Kyle Kuzma and, and Rajon Rondo? No Rondo tonight. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, man, when he comes back, what it looks like and whose minutes go away. I think that's that's the intriguing thing for everyone who follows the team. Yeah. Um, Kuz is four on four right now. He's getting closer. There's been no timetable, but we were told today that he's going on the road with the team. That's a good sign. I love hearing that. Yeah. But I, I, I gotta feel he's coming back soon. I, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, for me, that changes this team tremendously. I mean, now you have him coming off the bench, and you also have him in that closing lineup. When you move AD to the five. You know, have LeBron and Kuz out there with him, and then two guards. And now you're talking. I mean, yeah. I, I find that that's a team that's 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 going to be tough to. Uh, it's going to be a problem for people. Yeah, you you wonder. You were saying earlier about you can't really measure the Clippers bench the way you measure uh, the yeah. Lakers bench. But Kyle Kuzma kind of gives them a, a little bit of a gunner coming off the bench, so um, no doubt. he'll be a welcome addition. Let's talk a little bit about Dwight Howard because um, mm-hmm. I I know. Last game he put up the sixteen and ten, which numbers wise that's terrific. But just watching him, aside from that Clippers game when it seemed like everybody was kind of filling out how they fit in with this with the system, his energy level has been really unmatched. And um, is that the type of thing that the Lakers are looking for from him on a consistent basis? One thousand percent. I give him a lot of credit. He said that's what he wanted to do. He said he understood his role, and literally that is what it looks like in the dictionary if you were to point it out. Like, hey, Dwight's role in terms of how the Lakers want him to play, not holding the ball in the post, setting screens. When he does get the ball, moving it, um, blocking shots, uh, uh, going after every loose ball. Like you said, the energy level. He's been – I give him a lot of credit. What what a redemption story. It's hilarious. I don't know if you were on social media or anything on, on Sunday night, but it's just funny how, like, Dwight went from, like, a hated late <laughs> ex-Laker by the fans to a crowd favorite in three games. It's funny how it's everybody gets amnesia. What happens when you win. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It's, it's amazing. But if you deliver, they will love you no matter what. Yeah, that that seems to be true, especially with Dwight. I mean, he's blocking shots. He's he's getting into it with the fans. He seems to be having a good time on the court. Now, Three games into the season, tonight will be the fourth. It's you know, you know, Frank Vogel's still trying to figure out who's going to be in his rotation consistently. Yeah. Has he told you guys, have you heard the number that he wants to go as far as rotation? 
No, I, it's funny. We, 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 we talk a lot about it, but, but I, I think it's going to, I mean, listen, I, I think ideally you're, you're, you're playing nine, 10 guys, but as deep as they are, some nights it might be 11. I, I think that 10th guy rotates. I think sometimes it's Jared Dudley. I think sometimes it's Troy Daniels. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes Quinn Cooker Caruso might be sitting because Rondo's playing more. So I think that last guy is going to rotate a little bit, to be honest with you. It, it's hard, man. You got to try to keep people happy, too. It's, it's a tough job. Man. Yeah, yeah. I imagine when Rajon Rondo gets healthy, I know you're saying it's going to be interesting because uh, all three point guards have, have, or excuse me, the two point guards that have been out there have looked good. I mean, whether whether we're talking about Caruso uh, or, or whether we're, the young, what's the young man came from Golden State's name? Uh, Quinn, Quinn yeah, Cook. Yeah, Quinn Cook, who's they, kind looked, of a microwave type guy. Yeah, they look good. Is, is, is three point guards too many? Well, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, think about it. Caruso hasn't even sniffed in the first half of these games, and he's come in in the second half, and he's been a huge part of what they do. Right, so right. all of a sudden, Frank Vogel's going, he even said it in the postgame show, I, I, I have a good problem on my hands. Yeah. And he's right. I mean, what are you going to do when Rondo comes back? So, yeah, I mean, listen, guys get hurt. It's a long season. Um, when everyone's healthy, yeah, it's it, it's a lot to manage. No doubt about it, man. All right, Gator, take, I need you for last question. I need you to take off your Laker hat for a second, for a second and look yep. at the league from a 20,000-foot uh, elevation. Yep. Uh, what has been your takeaway so far three games in of the NBA as a whole? So many awesome young players. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, the guy we're going to see tonight, John Morant. Zion, it's great to see B.I. getting it going in New Orleans. Yeah, There's yeah. so many good players in this league. Uh, it's it's truly incredible. Well, Geter, uh, I know you got to start getting prep, hey, prepping. Hey, for- hey, Tony, your old boss, uh, A.J. Ponsiglione, says hi. Oh, tell, tell A.J. I said hello. He's a good man. I appreciate him, too. He uh, is a good man. You, uh, I know you got to get ready for tonight's game. Um, All right, Tony. Thanks, man. We'll catch up later. All right. Bye-bye. Chris McGee, Spectrum Sportsnet LA, giving us all the LA goods right there. Yeah, I wonder how LeBron's going to do, and I'm saying this seriously because he's been uh, evacuated from his home due to the fires. Yes, yes, uh, everybody up up in the LA area, the Northern California area, please, uh, the prayers should be going up for him because there is uh, uh, big fires. I think almost a dozen fires burning right now. Yeah, up up in that Los Angeles area right now. So. And I, I, LeBron sent a food truck to some of the first responders. Good, out there good, to that's help good. Feed them. So got to keep them uh, eating and, and, and healthy as they continue yeah. to attack these that's fires. Crazy stuff. Um, you gave me a job, and yes, I know, Jenny Hardy. You are our biggest fan. <laughs> Uh, you have 10 minutes to call us back at 833-288-0973 to win a four-pack of tickets to SeaWorld along with a four-pack of tickets to Del Mar for opening day at the races and be entered to win our grand prize, a Vegas getaway that includes show tickets to Absinthe at Caesars Palace, Opium at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, and the brand-new Atomic Saloon Show. Make sure to sign up at 973thefansd.com slash biggestfan to enter. All right, we got to step away and pay some bills when we come back. Uh, Big Five is next, and apparently I missed uh, some action that happened during the game. I mean, we're not talking about baseball. We're at talking at the baseball game. Game Five? Yes, oh, Game Five. I know uh, what you're talking apparently about. Apparently I missed something. Uh, I saw it a little bit, the conversations on Twitter a little bit, but uh, I'm kind of out of the loop. But, of course, Scraby has all the TMZ details <laughs> when we return. Gwen and Chris, 97.3, the fan.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 434, <laughs> Tony Wynn Jr., Matt Scraby on the dial. Just rolling in, <laughs> rolling through, I should say, on our... <laughs> Tuesday afternoon drive. You're with Gwen and Matt Scraby, and it's time for the Big Five. <laughs> it's now time for the most unpredictable, most wacky, most opinionated segment of the show. I wouldn't brag about it. Gwen and Chris talk about the best of the rest. Great balls, you fire! Ooh, with a twist. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. The Big Five begins right now. Don't panic, but there's absolutely nothing to worry about. On 97.3 The Fan. I wish that we had a camera in studio to catch what happens when Thomas gets ready to go in there. He just massaged his jaw. <laughs> like, like, put his hands to his cheeks and started mas- massaging. You ready to go, Thomas? Got to loosen up over here. All right. Let's do it. Number five. Tiger Woods is back at it again. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods, Woo! y'all. He, uh, Tiger Woods now ties with Sam Seed's record of 82 PGA Tour wins with his win at the Zozo Championship over the weekend, and the debate has been raising again. Is Tiger Woods the golfing goat? Some say he is, some say he isn't, because he's only won 15 majors, while Jack Nicholas has only has won 18 to his name. Others say it's much more difficult to win in this era with so much talent coming in from all over the world. So... Is Tiger Woods the GOAT, even though he doesn't have the majors record? Tony? Oh, Scraby, we'll go with you first. <laughs> um, is Tiger Woods the GOAT, even though he doesn't have the majors record? Yes, because it's much more difficult to win in this day and age. You can look at it two different ways, because Jack Nicholas and all of them back in the day in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, they did not have the equipment that everyone has now, and the equipment has made the game a lot easier. They always talk about it's called a... Uh, um, you know, the ball is wound a different way and it's made a different way. Back when Jack Nicholas played, it was much the, the sweet spot on a golf club was much smaller and you had to be way better at striking to continually hit great shots. But there's so many good players all over the world now, and because you can you can uh, fly anywhere at any time whenever you want, these guys are they're able to reach the tournaments that others weren't able to reach back in the fifties and sixties. You'd have to take literally you'd have to take a boat. To go play Jack Nicholas. Jack, Jack Nicholas is the is the goat right now. Is that well by most accounts? I don't know. I'm asking. No, it, yes, he is because he's won the 18 majors. But if you're okay. just looking at majors alone, then yeah, Tiger Woods is not the goat because he's only won 15 while Jack has won 18. But 82 wins in this day and age is amazing. Tony, yes, is Tiger Woods the goat even though he doesn't have the majors record? <laughs> yes. Um, I'm gonna say yes. And I'll use some other sports to kind of prove my point. Um, Much like Michael Jordan did, like revolutionized the game, the game got better. And and I would also, I probably should speak to some folks who've lived through like both eras a little bit, who could kind of 
confirm that? Yeah. Because I don't know what the impact of Jack Nichol- Jack Nicholson was Jack Nicholas was uh, as a as a golfer. I, I wasn't alive then. Uh, he won seventy three times, which right? is a lot. He was a face of golf for many many years, and. He also came at the time of Arnold Palmer, and Arnold Palmer was very good as well. So you had those two guys that were at the top the entire time. And because there was no social media and everything, everybody knew of them, but they didn't know of the other players, the lesser-known players. You still had Lee Trevinos and everything. Right. But Jack Nicklaus was winning all the way from the 60s until his last major, which was in 86. So his first major was in 1962, and his last one is in 86. So that tells you how good he was over a period of time of, say, 23 years. And Tiger comes along in, what, 98? Uh, 97 was his first win. To now. He won the Masters last year. And look look at what him playing in the game of golf did for golf. Because now it's a slew of guys. Oh, yeah. Year in, year out that could win player of the year. And it's like a different guy. Like, it's not necessarily going to be the Roy McIlroy that you might think. Uh, it seems to be somebody every year. And I would say because of his impact, at least in, in my lifetime, he has to be the GOAT. He's only one major shy? Three. Three major shy. Three major shy of Jack Nicholas tying Jack Nicholas's record of 18. He has 15. Jack Nicholas has 18. But he has Seb Snead's record. Of overall PGA Tour wins tied. of eighty two, he tied it. So he needs one more win, whether it's the whether it's the Farmers Insurance Open here at Torrey Pines, or whether it's the Masters again. So some people, and I'm asking again out of ignorance, some people consider Sam Snead as as the greatest golfer. You can, but he didn't win that. He didn't win as many majors. Majors are what everybody measures golfers by. And I saw an Instagram post this morning from Phil Mickelson. He was in Asia, and he said that he. Is a, he appreciates how the, go- the game of golf is growing. When he first went to this like kids thing over there, I don't know what it's called for lack of a better term, there was only 400 people that were a part of it. And 10, 15 years later, there's 100,000 young wow. golfers that are a part of it. That's awesome. So that's why I think Tiger Woods is the GOAT because more... That's why they're playing. Because they're playing because of him. And it's just a, a, the sport is growing leaps and bounds and they're finding more new talent, more new young talent. Awesome. Perfect. Number four. The Brooklyn Nets landed two free, two huge free agents over the summer in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But the Nets are maybe having some buyer's remorse with Kyrie. According to ESPN's Jackie McMullen, Irving's mood swings are an unspoken concern for Brooklyn and make the organization queasy, he wrote. When uh, Irving lapses... She in- wrote, right? Oh, well, yes. Yeah, she. Okay. Yeah. Well, she wrote, when Irving lapses in these funks, he often shuts down, unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff, front office, and sometimes even his teammates. Nets team sorts to say one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China, leaving everyone scratching their head as to what uh, precipitated it. There's hope that Durant will be able to coax his friend into a better frame of mind. If you're the Nets, how do you deal with this? Since we did Scraby first, Tony? I First of all, I love Jackie McMillan. I think she is one of the best we have in our business. But I can't stand these articles. We're literally talking about somebody's mood. Um, That's a big deal. Is Sorry. it? Sorry. Is it a big deal? Sorry. Because I've worked in some workplaces where there's moody people. Almost, I'm sure everybody works in a, a workplace where there's a moody individual. Yes. Moodiness is is kind of um, it's kind of life, right? You wake up in a bad mood. That, that kind of tends to be everybody. The fact that we're writing an article on this and and it's like out in this TMZ world we live in, I just think it's uncalled for. 
Um, clearly, there's somebody speaking on it in Brooklyn's organization. Now, head coach uh, for the Brooklyn Nets came out today and said that it this stuff is just flat out wrong, but... Then again, what else is he supposed to say? Is he going to acknowledge it three games into the season <laughs> yeah, already? Yeah, Kyrie is. They'll be talking. Not easy to they'll deal be with. talking about this forever if he did that. So, I don't know. I, I think this is a, a whole lot about nothing. We're talking about moodiness. <laughs> and by the way, Kevin Durant isn't going to be a help with this because he's <laughs> not mean, playing this year. And so. he's as moody as. <laughs> so, guess what? You'll be having two individuals who can be moody at times, but you bet you have a pretty good basketball team. That's all I'm saying. Scraby, if you're the Nets, how do you deal with this? I guess I didn't answer the question, no. huh? Uh, how do you deal with this? You do nothing. <laughs> you, you learn. You, you learn your the play because they're still learning. He's still learning organization. Organization's still learning him. Go through that process, and then I, I don't. I don't even address the moodiness thing. It's ridiculous. I agree with Tony, but I also think it's unacceptable to be moody to a point where you're disrupting your coworkers. Does it say that anywhere? Here? No, they said that he had unwilling to communicate with the coaching staff front office and sometimes even his teammates. That's unacceptable. It's not disrupting. Do we see disrupting? Wouldn't you call that disruptive? That, unwilling? We don't know under what what premise that is. Is is it after the game they want to ask him some questions and he's like, I don't feel like I'm done. I want to go. That's home. a different story. If that's so the best case, saying, we don't know. If that's the case, then then you're right. There's there's nothing disruptive about that. But I'm thinking that this is something that's happening during games where he just kind of shuts down. And if that's the case, then that's unacceptable. You have to be able to put your moods aside. You have to be able to put your uh, your personal issues aside and play the game. And then after, you're allowed to feel however you want to feel. But it's just like us during the show. Sometimes I'm really moody. I, I can be really moody. Yes. And, and you guys tell me to... You and Chris's moods change quite often. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our moods change like the wind. And sometimes you guys stand up and tell me, you need to change your mood right now because it's not working for me. And I do my best to change my mood. Now, if you told Kyrie that... Have I ever told you you need to change your mood because it's not working for me? No, I mean, I was just saying. I I was just saying. No, I'm not throwing your name in there (laughs) as saying that, but we we talked... Change your attitude for me right now. I would say mostly me and Chris go through this, (laughs) (laughs) where Chris is telling me to, to, to get better and I'm telling him to get better. But at the same time... Kyrie Irving's making a lot of money. Okay, I just want to read this one more time. Nets team source says one such episode occurred during Brooklyn's trip to China. Now, I don't know about you guys. I'm generally not in a good mood when I have to travel on planes. China, that. China wouldn't be an exception to that. It'd probably heighten that a little bit more. When, well, I didn't even think just about a, it that just way. Just a trip of flying that long, going through it. I didn't I don't think about it. I didn't think about it that way. I thought about their trip to China being their games. I'm thinking about this being a game day thing. I feel like that would have been mentioned. In I think the word queasy though is a little much. Yeah, I'm not feeling well. well about Kyrie all of a sudden. But uh, I never answered the question either. How do you deal with this? I think you sit down with Kyrie and you say, "How can we make things better?" Mm. How about that? Easy enough. Instead of leaking something to Jackie McMillan (laughs) and writing this in further angering Kyrie. Kyrie's a different dude. This is not going to help. I promise you that. No, it's not. Kyrie's a different dude. He thinks the earth is flat and it's not because... That is also true. He thinks, he literally thinks the earth is flat. uh, I think Kevin Durant described him as an artist. You just kind of have to let him do his thing. 
And that that may be why him and KD are so good because KD is just like you know what, bro, I got time for you. Yeah. Do your thing. We'll get back when you're done be, doing your artistry thing. Bad news on the, by the Brooklyn Nets. Bad move by the Brooklyn Nets yeah. to do whoever's in the front office yeah. is probably not in, in good standing. I right saw now. someone quote tweet this article and said, "Yeah, they'd be feeling weird too if they knew they're flying in a plane about to fall off the face of the earth." <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you put it that way? Two Number three. All right, so the Chargers did what they do and fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt, last night. Wisenhunt, who's 57, had served as the Chargers' OC since 2016 and has been a close relationship with Phillip Rivers. However, the Chargers at 3-5 and five had struggled to do much at... Uh, much and move the football, averaging just 19.6 points per contest, which ranks 23rd in the NFL. Do you think this was the right move for the Chargers to make? Scraby. I do not think this is the right move for the Chargers to make. I am one of the people that think this is just they're scapegoating with Ken Wisenhunt for whatever reason they're not moving the ball on offense. I think if you're going to fire the offensive coordinator, you better fire the GM and you better fire the head coach too because Who ultimately stands up in front of the media after a loss? The head coach. Who ultimately puts that team together? The general manager. So how is Ken Wisenhunt on the hook for this? This is not his problem. He's doing what he's doing with the guys that they've given him. You mean offensive coordinating? Yeah, he's offensive coordinating with the guys that he's been given. And Anthony Lynn, I I hate this. I hate this. I know the word hate is a strong word. I hate when they fire. Just use it four times, by the way. Hate, 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 hate. When they fire the coordinators before they fire the head coach, because let's say our our show right here, if we're not performing, who goes down for it? Uh, Wait, say that again? If if our show's not performing. We go down for it. Do I go down for it? Because that's like basically firing me saying it was my problem that this show's not working. It would kind of be your fault, wouldn't it? (laughs) <laughs> no, it wouldn't because ultimately I'm not the one. No, I can put be, you in a spot to be it, it successful. Would, it would be it would be Chris and I who are on our voices are on this bad. I don't know why this time. makes me so mad. It hey, makes see, me mad. Yeah, you're all riled up. Um, isn't this the same? Pretty much the same offense they had last year. Yep. Wasn't it a better offense last year? Yep. I'm not into scapegoating either, but getting a head coach in probably takes more. To do as far as if you fire a head coach and then bring in a new one, he generally wants to bring in his philosophy. He doesn't want to coach by the last coach's philosophy. You're right. Probably a little easier to go offensive coordinator. Now, I do agree. It's probably a scapegoat move. I mean. Well, uh, we got to make a change, so let's make this change. That comes with expectation. You, you get to the playoffs. You get out of round one. You lose to the eventual champions. That comes with expectation the following year. And at, what, three and five? Mm-hmm. I would say they're uh, underachieving. They were, they were so picked it, to go to the Super Bowl so with some people. Right, wrong, or indifferent, when you're underachieving, bad things usually happen in terms of people keeping jobs. Time always tells in these sort of firings. So if the offense gets better next week, this upcoming game... Then we know it was the offensive coordinator. Just so we're clear, it can't just be next week. It's got to be pretty much the rest of the season. Rest of the season. season. Yeah. But yeah. He didn't have Melvin Gordon either for most of the year. He even did. Though Melvin Gordon but Eckler has a uh, – he's proving me wrong because I didn't think he'd be able to sustain this. No, it's only eight weeks, uh, but he's looked good in those eight weeks. I'll tell you what. Chargers have a very big decision about what they do with Phillip Rivers this offseason. Indeed. Because he's not playing well. 
The eight no, or the zero and eight Cincinnati Bengals have decided to do something that most think was way overdue. They are benching longtime quarterback Andy Dalton on his birthday too, in favor <laughs> of their rookie Ryan Finley out of North Carolina State. Dalton is a three Pro Bowl selector and has selection and has thrown for twenty two hundred yards with nine touchdowns and eight interceptions this season, and he's made one hundred and twenty eight starts for the Bengals since being selected second. Uh, in the second round, 35th overall in the 2011 draft. Dalton turned 32 today and is under contract through the 2020 season with a base salary of $17.5 million due next season. Is Andy Dalton still a starting quarterback in the NFL going forward? Tony. Man. I'm trying to think who he's better than right now. Mitch I, I, I think I think he's, I mean, based off of the starting quarterbacks right now, Yeah. But I certainly understand where Cincinnati's doing. They haven't won a game. Um, and they have a younger quarterback that they want to get a look at. And when you're 0-8, that's fair. Uh, in terms of Dalton, I still think he could be a starting quarterback. I don't I don't know that your team gets any better because he's a starting quarterback. It doesn't change your team necessarily. I mean, if you put the right pieces around them, you got them like an offensive line and and it, it yes to answer your question I still think he's a starting quarterback maybe a bottom tier starting quarterback here's your odd Thomas fact Andy Dalton's the only starting quarterback ever to go 8-0 and 0-8 to start a career mm. when did the Bengals go 8-0 uh, a couple years ago they were on a roll Andy Dalton really? was playing at an MVP level before he broke his hand Oh, that's right. I do remember this. Oh, now. that's right. That was the uh, Vontez perfect. Yeah, and, uh, the year they lost to the Steelers. Antonio Brown. Okay, I do remember that. Is Andy Dalton starting quarterback in the NFL going forward? I think he is because he has the experience to be a starting quarterback. Now he made 128 starts. And that's a big enough sample size to realize what you're going to get there. He's had. I mean, this year he hasn't had this guy, but he's had AJ Green. In his corner for most of, if not all of his career. And I think that Andy Dalton, he's just been mediocre. Mediocre is what I see uh, uh, from that guy. Fair. Uh, and he signed a huge contract. I remember it was like in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And everybody was saying, what in the heck? What, that, what are the but, Bengals doing? But that's the thing, though, right? It, it, with quarterbacks in general, it's all relative. Like, he got that deal because at that time, there was nothing else out there better. Do you really want to risk... You've seen this. Have we seen the last couple drafts and quarterbacks? Like, there's no guarantee of anything. And That's so, true. you know, at the time when those contracts come up, you, your, 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 your choices are, do we stay with what we've seen? Or is there anything else out there better? A lot of times there isn't. Because if you have a quarterback, most teams want to keep those quarterbacks. And lastly, do I really want to risk going in the draft and giving, using my first-round pick on a guy? And if we already have a guy that has proven he can get us to the playoffs. Yeah, and and that's why they're trying out Ryan Finley because they got to see what they have and if they're going to be there's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft and if you if you realize that you're not Ryan Finley's not your guy and he's a career backup then you need to draft someone. or you can realize that Ryan Finley is already not your guy and this <laughs> is going to give you the best shot at one of those quarterbacks you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think that Ryan Finley, they're not he's not set up for success in this thing because no. he's on a terrible team and everybody's trying to tank with him. Number one. All right. If you haven't heard, there was an incident on TV during Game 5 of the World Series. While Garrett Cole was pitching, two women were seen clearly behind home plate, exposing themselves to millions of people watching them at home. 
The name of the ringleader is Julia Rose, and she recruited her friend Lauren Summers to take part in this. Major League Baseball sent Julia Rose a letter on October 27th stating, quote, During the game, you violated the fan code of conduct by exposing yourself during the seventh inning in order to promote a business. You were also part of a scheme in which you induced others to expose themselves to promote the business. You are hereby banned from all Major League Baseball stadiums and facilities indefinitely, end quote. So, should the girls be banned for life? Scraby. I think that they should not be banned for life, but I do think that they should be banned indefinitely because if this is how they're going to try to raise awareness for their business. Now, she did say, Julia Rose did say after the fact that they were trying to raise awareness for, for uh, breast cancer. And if that's the, the, the goal of the whole thing, then cool. But no one knew that. We know it now, but at the time, no one knew that. And I think that they, you can't just be, you can't set up the precedent that if you get behind home plate and you expose yourself, that you can become famous and and promote your business. This isn't Julia Rose, the actress, right? I don't know. No, I don't believe so. Okay, because I was really confused. Here I don't know. Second. Okay. Who is Julia Rose, the actress? Uh, she was in um, Star Trek. Should I be Googling her name? Yeah, you can Google her. Okay. She was in CSI New York. Oh, yeah, I know her. No, it's not her. Okay. All right. I was going to say, that didn't seem like something a woman her age would, would consider. Doing. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, Band for Life, no. Band and Definitely, yes. Ah, well, I didn't see what happened. I would say... How uh, could you not? It's all over the internet. I know, because... You know, I have four children. I don't get a chance to look oh, at the internet a lot of times. I don't have four children. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, there's got to be some type of ban. You don't want people coming in the stadium thinking, hey, this is the perfect way to get us a lot of notoriety for our business. Right? Just like you don't want people running on the field doing the same type of thing. Exactly. Uh, Great point. So, yes, a ban. I think a ban for life is a, is a little, little far. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I guess you can't really trust them no more, right? If they come into your stadium, it's like... Are you going to do that again? Exactly. And she said that she's going to be in places now. This is her thing. She's going to make this her thing, where oh. she goes and exposes herself on TV and gets in a good spot. Now, if this was a guy, someone said this to me this earlier. This is going to be a lot harder to to, uh, to accomplish than it used to be. With social media, her face is going to be Everywhere. up on every stadium if they believe that's going to be what she's going to try Now, to if do. this was a guy, we would want this guy arrested, Right. For exposing, exposing himself, it. no one wants to see a guy, but people want to see a, <laughs> you, you, a woman. You, you, I mean, you know how this society works, man. All that right. is that is true. Though. Get us get us out of here, Thomas. <laughs> All right, that was a big five. Uh, this hour's grandstand giveaway keyword is traffic. Text T R A F F I C to seven two eight eight one for your chance to win your share of one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in the fans national cash contest. Message and data rates apply. Good luck from ninety seven three the fan. Game six is going down in the next, I don't know, 10, 11 minutes. Strasburg versus Verlander elimination game for the Nats. Can they keep hold? Can they get force a game seven? Also, big NCAA ruling came down today. They're going to pay athletes. We're opening up the lines for discussions on that as well. 833-288-0973. Gwen and Chris, right back at you. 97.3, the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.